Hi, I'm Lanise Brothers, a registered nutritionist, women's health, hormone, and menstrual cycle coach, and the founder of Eat Love Move, a nutrition and well-being practice. This is the Period Story Podcast, where in each episode, I sit down with a guest to talk about their period story. We get behind some of the myths and misconceptions about periods and so much more. Now, on to today's guest. On today's episode, we have Shiona Redman. Shiona is the founder, formulator, and CEO of Graces London, a CBD cannabinoid skincare and wellness brand. Graces London was one of the first CBD skincare brands to be launched in the UK back in 2016 and the first CBD brand to be stocked in the prestigious UK store Selfridges. Shiona's passion for plant-based ingredients, alternative therapies, cannabis, herbs, and well-being stems from caring for her terminally ill father, Paul, for over 15 years. After her father lost his battle to multiple sclerosis in 2014, Shiona drew on her experiences of caring for her father to create skincare and food supplement formulations to promote internal and external balance. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. So let's get into the story of your first period. Can you share with us what happened? Um, I can. I was actually 12 years old and um, I was one of the youngest in my class. So all my friends um, kind of in my circle had already had their period um, pretty much kind of, you know, nearly a whole year before me. So I was desperate, Lenise, to have my period. I was um, counting down the days and months. And when it did come, it was just incredibly disappointing. It was a couple of, it was a couple of spots and that was it. And I was listening to all my other friends of, you know, the, the, um, the blood flow that they were having. It was quite a, a, quite a talk in school um, at the time when we were having our periods. Um, but mine was quite disappointing. There was just nothing there. <laughs> And so how how did you know what was happening and who did you talk to when this happened? Well, my mum was um, quite good in that she'd pulled me, um, she'd come and had a, a talk to me all about periods and what my body, the changes my body was going to go through and just kind of giving me heads up that this is something that's going to happen. Um, in school, they were really good as well. So they had um, somebody, nurses come in and talk to us and they had these really um, kind of informative little five minute video clips that used to play in class that used to be really used to give us quite a lot of information. And then most of my, um, talks and, um, learning about stuff was probably just through friends, um, actually going through it. I kind of knew something was happening because I was getting a lot of discharge in my underwear. Um, so I remember saying to uh, my best friend Danielle at the time that this this is something that was happening. Does that mean? Does that mean it's coming? Am I getting my period? Um, and yeah, so it's pretty much um, a load of different areas. So school, my mum, and friends, really. Yeah. And it's really interesting that you say that you got a lot of knowledge from school and the school nurse because so many of the women that I've interviewed on this podcast they've said that. Um, they didn't really learn much from school and it was, you know, they got a kind of cursory education, but what they had to do is speak to their friends and some of, some of them spoke to their siblings or um, their yeah. mothers. Yeah, it is. It is. When I speak to a lot of other friends that didn't go to my school, 
um, I kind of hear the same. And it wasn't, it wasn't a lot of, a, a lot of information, but they did actually take the time out to actually show us what a tampon looked like, um, show us what a sanitary towel looked like, um, allowed us to kind of pass them around in class, allowed us to look at them. Um, they then spoke to us about the internal of how, um, the, how the blood flow happens, how the cycle happens. So although it was a, maybe a tiny little bit scientific for us at that age, it was good that the initial education kind of was there. And all girls were taken away um, from boys to be told this as well. And this was actually um, in year six in primary school. So this was even before I got into secondary school. So I suppose I was one of the lucky ones because it then made you go home and go, oh, mum, you know, this happened today in school. And then it just kind of the conversation went on more from then. So, so yeah, I suppose I was quite lucky in that sense. And what sort of conversations did you have with your mum that kind of stemmed off of what you learned in school? Um, I suppose it was probably a little bit more sciencey in school, um, more about human body. So I'd go home to my mum and be like, but what does it feel like? Does it, is it going to hurt? Why have I got to have this every month? For how long? You know, it would, it would be all those sort of questions. And I have an 11 year old myself um, at the moment who I believe is currently showing signs of, of going through um, become her first period. I, I believe it's probably going to come within the next year. And it's funny to watch her and see the, the same kind of questions are coming to me. She's very keen for me to get her her first period subscription box so she can read all about it and see all the different things that she might be able to use. So God, the times have really changed. Um, so yeah, so I, 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 sorry, I probably, I've gone off a little bit, Lenise, haven't no, I? No, no, that's <laughs> fine. That's fine. Uh, a period subscription box. That's, and she's asking for that. That's really sweet. That, how sweet is that? But we didn't have that back then. So it was, um, but I suppose it was nice that I had that initial conversation in school, was able to go home to my mum and then off the back of what my mum said, go and check with friends to see what they think as well, you know. Um, but yeah, there's so much information out there now for my daughter and we speak about it a lot more openly. I suppose I started the conversation with uh, my daughter Macy at a younger age. Um, I think when it came to me having my period, I think my mum probably waited to a, a few months before um, that kind of that first period was going to happen where I believe, I think I started having the conversation with my daughter and she was probably about eight, nine, ten. Um, just because, you know, it's something that us women go through. They see my sanitary towels or tampons or moon cup around the house. Um, and it's something that I've just always been quite um, open with, with them. So, yeah. And how, how have they reacted to, to the conversations that you've been having with them? Well, they're just really curious. They're really in, um, inquiring kids. And I suppose there's been so many times when I've been stuck on the loo and I've, uh, my, I've got two young girls, they're 11 and 8, and maybe the sanitary towel is in my bedroom. I haven't brought it in with me and I'll give a call out. Can somebody grab something for me? Um, I suffer with adenomyosis, so I, I do leak quite a lot, if I'm honest. I'm always having accidents. And... Um, they, they, they're aware of that. They're, they're kind of, they know that, oh, mummy's got to rush to the loo. She, she's leaked a little bit of blood, you know, and that's quite normal to them, I think. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of, it's, it's, I think it's because they've just been, they've grown up with it, Lenise, and it, it's kind mm. of, I've just always answered the questions surrounding it. I mean, I have a really funny, funny story of when my youngest girl was four years old 
um, and she managed to get hold of my panty liners. And being the artistic creative that she is, she decided to print stick them onto a A4 piece of paper and paint them. Like she just had no idea (laughs) what they were. She just, you know, she was so interested in using cotton wool and glitter and sequins. And, oh, here's some panty liners. They look amazing. Let's just stick those on and do some art. Um, So so that was, that's quite a funny moment (laughs) with them. (laughs) That's really funny. That's so cute. I just, I was in shock. Mommy, look at my picture. (laughs) Oh my God, is that panty liners? <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back to what you were saying about your the adenomyosis and um, just talk a little bit about how your journey with getting diagnosed because I know that your story is really interesting and it's actually fed into a lot of the work that you've done with your company. It really did. Um, I, I suppose if I just give you a, a brief background of... Um, I suppose my research over the years, my dad was terminally ill with multiple sclerosis and I spent a majority of my time um, looking after um, his 24-hour carers and just overseeing every moment of his care, really. And I was um, obviously a passionate daughter that wanted to keep him well. So I researched the internal systems of the body pretty much from my teenage years up to the age I am now, 34. Um, And it was only when in my dad's passing in 2014, um, I was already looking into cannabis and cannabinoids um, and CBD in particular. Uh, the reason for this, my dad was asked to be part of a cannabis trial here in the UK back in 2002 because of his terminally ill multiple sclerosis that he suffered with. Um, it was something that he chose not to do at the time, but it really just always, it just never went away. It was always there in my head that that was something that he was offered as a medicinal trial. Um, and it was later it came back, I think I was about 18, 19, 20, and I started to look into MS again and looking into alternative therapies. And I just was always trying to be at the, the, the front line of what my dad should be having. Should if it's something like garlic capsules or should he be having B12 vitamins? And I was just always trying to understand his internal systems, his body. Um, when in 2000 and early 2017, I got my diagnosis with adenomyosis, I really hadn't thought of myself as looking into my own internal systems of my body. I'd never really looked at my own self-care or my own wellness or, or, or how I was reacting to food or what vitamins I may need. Um, and it just, the penny just really dropped for me, Lenise, and just everything that I had been researching over the years made me look at myself and my own wellness. And straight away, I knew that having, at the time, I had an overactive thyroid. I just had a really bad bout of glandular fever. Um, and now I was having a diagnosis of adenomyosis. And I knew that it was the endocrine system that was being attacked. And now this is something that I had been reading and researching for years was the endocrine system. And the reason being is the endocrine system is one of the internal systems of the body that works and fits nicely into our endocannabinoid system. And um, to try and do it as briefly as I can, the endocannabinoid system is one of the largest receptor systems in our body. And it's really a self-regulatory system that tries to create homeostasis amongst the internal systems of the body, and which is really all about trying to promote internal balance, whether that be balance of the immune system, balance of the endocrines, and et cetera. And I suppose it was really my friends and family that were just coming to me saying, Shona, you've been making these cannabinoid CBD balms and oils. 
we've been using them for not only skincare, but there was a lot of feedback coming back to me from uh, for so many different things. Um, that my mum was pretty much screaming at me, going, well, you know, yeah, you need to practice what you preach, Shona. Have you tried any of your oils? And when you're in the thick of it and you're, you're you know, you're trying to help others and you're a busy mum and you're working and doing 101 things, the last thing that I was thinking of was myself. And it was only when I started to really look at what I was eating, what I was, what I was putting on my skin and what sanitary towels and things that I really started a kind of change um, with my uh, since I'm really just trying to just trying to understand what what had happened internally to get to this level. So um, yeah, sorry, I've babbled there, haven't I, Lenise? No, <laughs> you haven't. It's really it's really interesting. So you got your period when you were twelve, but you yeah. didn't get your diagnosis for adenomyosis until you were thirty one, thirty two. Thirty two, yes. Yeah, um, and yeah. so. You, when when did you how old were you or when did you really start to actually let me just take a step back so adenomyosis I I don't know if a lot of people will be familiar with it so endometriosis is you know a lot more people are familiar with endometriosis mm. and sometimes adenomyosis it gets mistaken for endometriosis but with adenomyosis, you have the uterine tissue or tissue similar to the uterine tissue within the muscular lining of the uterus. So the it reacts just like the uterine tissue that it gets expelled when we have our period, but it can't actually, the tissue actually can't be expelled because it's within the muscular lining. So mm. can you just talk us through if you're okay with this your journey to getting a diagnosis and what age you were when you first started to experience the symptoms of adenomyosis of course um i suppose um i'll briefly mention when i got to the age of 14 my periods became incredibly heavy um to the point i remember sitting in science lab and you'd just get that terrible sensation of just a full flow that you're just being completely flooded and i spent a lot of my teenage years um when i was on my period at home and it really had a detrimental effect on my education for that that year from age of 14 to 15 because i'd spend you know 10 to 15 days at home every month so my mum brought me to the doctors and it was advised that i should be put on the contraceptive pill so i was actually put on the contraceptive pill when i was 15 years old to regulate my periods. And it really did help at the time. I was bleeding before going on the contraceptive pill for nearly 15 days. And it was just ridiculous. The fatigue, um, I, was, I just had no appetite. And my mum was quite worried about me. And I just really just didn't feel great. Um, so when I went on to the contraceptive pill, it really did help regulate things. And then I went on to have my first child when I was 23. And I suppose, um, obviously, I came off the contraceptive pill um, uh, when I found out I was pregnant. And um, I then noticed after having my first child that incredible painful periods and I was bleeding for 15 days again. And that feeling of fatigue and general unwellness was all coming back. Um, so I went back to the doctors and it was said that I should probably go on the contraceptive pill again to try and regulate it because I'd had these problems before. So, I mean, I was just at a loss end at the time and just really wanted something to sort it out because I'd spend four days in bed and, and with young children, it's just, it's just kind of not on. Um, and obviously working as well. 
so I did go back on the contraceptive and that did help. I then came off it again to have my second child. Um, and after my second child, I had a bit of a, um, um, a, a very full on birth and I had, I had some complications, but after my uh, giving birth to my second child, that same period came back. I was now bleeding for, I think, 17 days was one of the days, actually, uh, one of the months I bled for. And it was just awful. And at this moment, obviously, I'd, um, I was still looking after my dad. My dad was alive at the time, but I just didn't have time to really tap into my own, uh, what was going on with me. So I kind of just put up and shut up, Lenise, with it, if I'm honest. And I was coping with um, diarrhea every month, really bad thrush. Um, I was constantly feeling very faint for those first two days that I was on my, and I suppose I just spent years of just, well, this is what my period is. This is, oh, I'm just that unfortunate one that has really bad pain. Poor me. Um, because I had other friends that just would get a dull ache for a couple of minutes and then bleed. And then I'd have other friends that were kind of pretty much like me. So I just was, I suppose, I don't know. I don't know if society had taught us or it was just that, that it was just accepted. I'd accepted that, you know, okay, I'm going to have diarrhea every month. I'm going to have thrush. Um, these are things that I just need to kind of cope with. It was then obviously through my business with CBD, more and more people coming to me saying this has really helped with my, my hormonal outbreaks on my skin. Um, a lot of people had found benefit with acne and, and then it just started to stem into more and more things. And the more and more research that was emerging in the cannabinoid industry, not really in the UK, but more from Israel and other parts of the world, um, I was seeing the relation of how it could be linked, CBD, cannabinoids the endocrine system, the endocannabinoid system. So I took some time out, Linise, and thought, you know what, I'm going to start looking at myself and, and the ailments that I'm going through and just try to, to work out um, what, what's going on. And I done that. It's probably not the thing that you should do, but I done that thing of I kind of self-diagnosed myself and said, right, I, I think I've got endometriosis. And I went to the doctors and, and I went in there and I said to them, a quick brief outline how I've just done to you of my history. Um, and uh, I was kind of fobbed off. It was just some periods can be painful, I was told. It could just be something I'm experiment, experiencing um, from after from giving birth. And I was kind of, I was really just fobbed off. Um, I waited a few months and then I had a really, really bad outbreak where I was rushed to A&E. I'd collapsed on the floor. I was projectile vomiting diarrhea at the same time and this was called which I found out after it's actually called breakthrough pain where you try to the blood flows try to push through the uterine wall or it's I'm not entirely um sure how it all completely works I'm sure you'd be able to explain it a lot better than I would um but it's called breakthrough pain and it literally is in the name where something's just trying it just completely takes you out and I made a stand after going into A&E and being in such a, a bad way when the male nurse turned around to me and was like, so you've basically just got period pain when, and I just looked at him and I was like, this, this is really not just period pain. And I just took the time to really dig my heels in. If I'm honest, I had to, I had to print off articles. I had to show my reasonings as to why I thought this is what I had. Um, and it did pay off. I was one of the lucky ones that on the second doctor that I did see, um, he was amazing and he really did listen and he really helped. And he gave me that, um, referral to the doctor that I needed to see at the Whittington hospital in North London. Um, and I got my diagnosis, 
but it was, I got mine quite quickly. I hear of friends that have been eight to 10 years that have took a really long time to get their diagnosis. But I honestly believe um, with my mum being a nurse and having doctors and physicians in my family that I just really took that um, right, I'm going to I'm going to print off the file. I'm going I'm going to get dividers and put it all the research into into pockets for them to read if if they need. But I really had to push hard to get that diagnosed. There are so many things that in what you've said that I I want to highlight. I think the first thing is that you you said that you thought that this is what your period was and you accepted that this this was your normal. Uh, I mean. Yeah that really that really struck me because you know the everything that you got you've gone through and everything you've described with you know the diarrhea the thrush yeah. the fainting the and then even having that experience of breakthrough pain and yeah. having going to the hospital and having the male nurse say in a kind of dismissive way oh so you've just got period pain i yeah. mean just uh, how how you know how how dare he? It was just, and it was after, it's that initial meeting. So when you go into A&E, you have your first initial meeting before you then get seen by the consultant or doctor. Um, so I get that it's one in, one out, and it's quite a quick thing, but you go in and, you know, you haven't got long in there. So I was trying to be quite blunt, concise. This is what's going on. This is what's happened today. I fainted. I've projectile vomited. Um, incredibly bad pain, stomach. I'm on my period, uh, I, you know. And his exact words were, so you're basically on your period. And it was just, you know, it, it was just such a kick in the stomach. And I couldn't even cry because I'd already cried so much because I was in so much pain, you know. Um, but that was the moment for me that I thought, no, I'm not having this. I'm just going to keep, I'm going to keep screaming and shouting and keep making doctor's appointments until somebody listens to me. But it pretty much was me, Lenise, going in and going, I think I have a this, you know. And me just getting a doctor going, okay, I hear you. I understand that you've really looked into this. You understand your own body. Um, you feel quite strongly about this. I can see um, why you would. There's a lot of um, correlations there. And then him sending him, me on my way to then for me to then get the diagnosis of adenomyosis and also fibroids on both ovaries. So I have this as well. Um, but yeah, it, was, um, it, it, was, it wasn't a nice moment, no. Mm. So you originally thought that you had endometriosis. I did. Can you talk us through how they diagnosed what were the medical process that you went through to get your adenomyosis diagnosis? I suppose that day for me was probably. I mean, it was. It, it wasn't that very. It wasn't painful for me at all. If I'm honest, she was very gentle. Um, the lady with all the internal examinations that she'd done beforehand before you go through the procedure, um, and that day for me was a great day because it just. I knew I wasn't going crazy. I knew it was the day that someone had gone. This isn't actually normal. What you're going through. Um, this. It shouldn't be this painful. You actually have got six fibroids I think on one ovary and I've got quite a lot on the on the other ovary um and it was just um the day for me that somebody actually understood and that she really took her time out the consultant I can't think of her name at the moment but she really took her time out to talk to me about the different research studies that were currently going on and there was one going on about high intake of sugar and they haven't scientifically linked it yet, but there was a lot of research studies that were surrounding that. And it was just, it was a great day for me where I just was let, let out a relief, a big sigh of relief that 
actually this isn't normal and there may be something that I can do now moving forward to try and cope better and get better coping mechanisms. Um, so I'm not in bed four days a month and I'm not dealing with all these different ailments, you know. So you got your diagnosis and you said you, you had a sigh of relief. It was a great day. And it sounds like your consultant was quite switched on in that she was making the link between sugar and was it the sugar and endometri- the sorry, the adenomyosis or the, the fibroids? It was the ad- adenomyosis. Uh, yeah. And um, what did she recommend as a next step? Well, I spoke to her that I kind of wanted to try and do as much as I could through diet. You know, was there any changes that I could do through diet? And that was one of the main things she said to me was, although it wasn't scientifically proven yet, there was a lot of research studies that were showing that a high sugar intake may um, attribute or contribute, sorry, to adenomyosis. Now, I myself, when she said this, no, knew that I have I had a huge high sugar intake. I was probably drinking up to ten cups of tea a day with two great big spoons of sugar in. I mean, now we do the maths on that; it's just absolutely mm. ridiculous. <laughs> and I just, I, I just wasn't even. Um, although I wouldn't allow my dad, when looking after him, to have all that sugar intake, I'm just going back to I just wasn't looking at myself like that. You know, um, I was just seeing myself as well, you know, I'm a young, well fit person that you know, has, you know, I have the odd period pain and, and obviously it was getting worse at the time, but I just didn't see how much um, sugar that I was actually having, but it was really having a massive impact. So I started to cut sugar out pretty much straight away from when switched to mint tea, green tea. I got rid of my builder's cup of tea, <laughs> although I, I still have one every now and again, not, I'm not going to lie. Um, but I really cut the, the sugar out and I noticed, um, a relief in my symptoms within kind of the first two to three months of me cutting sugar out. Now I hadn't done anything else, only cut sugar out. So I really, I really did feel the benefit of doing so. Um, and she was great because she also really went in depth on showing me the scans. She showed me the, the, how the fibroids show up on the scan, like the, how the adenomyosis looks. And it was like dark black patches on my womb and she explained to me the breakthrough pain the reason why I was fainting you faint because the body just can't cope with that pain it's such a um um it's such a horrific pain that the, 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 the body just cuts out you know and um and yeah I, I learned actually a lot from her that day she spent a lot of time with me and from going through you know 18 months two years of 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 not really um, anyone listening to me, um, I do feel incredibly grateful that it didn't take me as long as friends, like I said, that have had to wait eight to 10 years of, of, of not being listened to or, or having to wait so long for a diagnosis, you know. You're really lucky to have such a, a knowledgeable consultant um, who was able to make these connections, and who was able to guide you through your scans and, and show you everything in, in such a compassionate way. I think we have to ask questions. I think I'm that person anyway that's sitting there going, so why have I got this? Or why? It just um, I look at somebody like my nan, when my nan goes into the doctors, you know, she cracks me up. Um, she'll go in and, you know, she'll tell them the problem and whatever they say to her, that's okay. Thank you, doctor. Goodbye. And she just, you know, and she just takes everything um, face value, you know, whereas I, I, I'm, I'm really intrigued by how the internal systems of the body work. I'm really intrigued as to 
how we can impact it through food and diet and through um, other external factors, i.e. products we use on our skin. Is that having an impact? So I'm always asking questions, Lenise. I am. And I think we have to, we, um, we shouldn't be fearful or scared that these people are doctors and they've trained and they're consultants. They are, and we're very grateful for that. But nobody knows our own bodies like ourselves. You know, we feel... We know if we've eaten something dodgy and it may have we've had an impact on us or we know if that period was worse last month than this month or we know if our breasts are a lot sore in the left breast or the right breast. And I think um, more and more what I see, especially amongst my friends and family, I think we're all starting to really tap more into our own bodies and just really I think we need to go in there and just ask the question. So I believe that she was brilliant in the sense of, um, giving me the kind of giving me such great um, information and education, um, but it really was. I think we have to go in there with armed with our questions, you know, to really try and get an understanding of what is going on, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I I'm very much about taking a very empowered approach approach when you go to GP and making sure that if you get ten, you only get ten minutes, but you're using that ten minutes to the best of your ability and going in there armed information symptoms even like a timeline if that's available yeah Uh, i so i just want to go back to what you were saying about how you then started to how at you got your diagnosis and you were you started to food and diet and the products that you're using on your skin and so did you do a big overhaul of your diet you mentioned cutting out the sugar well i did i I actually did i straight away went to pescatarian so i cut out red meat um i cut out chicken i just started to eat fish um i really upped my intake of green leafy vegetables um because i just done a lot of my own research i'm not telling other people what to do, but it's just what worked for me at the time. Um, I decided that I wanted to cut out acidic foods as much as I could. Um, One of the things that I was going through every month was I was so gassy that week before my actual flow, my actual period, um, the blood flow would come. I would be full of wind, constantly full of wind. And it was really, really painful. And I know that people at um, anyone that's experienced wind that some of it can be it can be really really excruciating pain especially if it's trapped wind around the back passage area or you know down below that area um, so this was something that I was coming up against every month a week before that blood flow and then I'd have that really bad diarrhea so through just my own research I was I was looking into how I wanted to implement a lot of alkaline foods and keep away from the acidic side of things because I just believed personally in my own opinion that the acidic foods were just contributing to all these gases that were happening in my body. Um, so I just I cut I went straight to pescatarian. So that means that I was eating fish. Um, I still ate fish, sorry, as well as um, lots and lots of vegetables. And I really did notice an impact. So first of all, I did the sugar. I then done the pescatarian a couple of months later. Um, and I tapped back in uh, a couple of months later. I was like, oh, do you know what? I fancy meat again. I'm going to start eating meat again. And, you know, I went back full hog, started eating meat again. My period came and wow, it was astonishing how much more painful it was that month. I was back. I, I mean, I, I never got rid of the pain. I never got rid of um, the diarrhea, but it wasn't as much, you know, it wasn't as, um, it wasn't as, it didn't go on for as long. And another thing that I was always coming up against was huge clots. So every month I'd have these 
quite big clots, uh, blood clots as well that would, would be coming away. Um, and when I came off of the kind of, I, I tried to go to more of an alkaline rich diet, I really noticed that my clots had lessened. Um, although my pain was still horrific, it was horrific for a day and a half instead of three days. Um, and I was just noticing all these differences. And then when I did decide to go back on the meat, um, and I just went straight, I didn't implement it slowly. I just went straight back. Okay. Meats every other day. Um, that period, there was a massive difference. And then I think it was a light bulb moment for me of, wow, I think that the meats that I've just been eating or the acidic, the high, you know, fizzy drinks, the really high acidic diet that I was having was contributing to how my period, um, pain level and diarrhea and clots was affected that month. So I went backwards and forwards. I did a lot of kind of trial and error. So I came back off the meat. Um, I just ate that again. I just ate uh, fish and really rich diet and green vegetables again. Um, and I noticed the difference and, and the change. Um, and then I did another month of eating meat again, because I'm one of these people, Anise, that I just had to put my, <laughs> I have to double check, I have to double confirm. <laughs> I'm, always, I'm always wanting confirmation, but I just, I just want, I knew I was sure that that's what per, that had happened to me. So, but I just wanted to implement the meat back in again, just to be sure. And it definitely was for me a massive factor. And then I suppose we get to um, the skin which is the largest organ of the body and my, my big passion, which has always been the skin. Um, I've always been a lover of making my own um, essential, oil, essential oil creams and lotions since probably about the age of 10. And I just started to look into CBD and how that might be able to help me. Um, I was having a lot of people talk to me how they use CBD to help um, with uh, their period pains at their time of the month. It didn't get rid of their pain. Um, it wasn't a cure for their pain, but the, what they noticed is that it was like a, it was, it was putting back a, back a layer. A couple of layers was going back. So you could feel that that ache was being dulled a layer or so. Um, and I, of course, had my own CBD cannabinoid skincare business, you know, but because I was too busy running around, um, <laughs> running the business and trying to get everyone else to try and use it. They, I just, you know, I just kind of, kind of forgot about myself. Um, so I started to implement, I was already using uh, CBD um, for my hormonal outbreaks and my crazy skin that I was de- I've always dealt with, which I think was a knock-on effect from obviously my adenomyosis and all the um, hormonal imbalances that was going on in my endocrine system. Um, and I was blown away how much it was really taking the redness and infl- inflammation out of my spot. And, and, and that was great. But it was only when I started um, really upping my intake of using it. So applying the skincare oils to my stomach, um, applying them to the bottom of my back during my um, monthly cycle. But then I do this now, you know, that's something that I do every other day. When I get out of the bath, I love to apply the oils all over my skin. And what I learned was it, it will never get, CBD will never get rid of my pain because of the pain that I experience. It's just too horrendous. But what it does do is it, it gives me a coping mechanism to not have them three days in bed. It kind of dulls that pain slightly that I'm able to do the school run. I'm able to walk the dog. I can get up today. I don't have to kind of stay in bed and rock and do the rocking motion thing that I'd have to do when I was in pain. Um, but I definitely, I'm, I have to be really careful how I do say it and word it because I don't want it. I see a lot that CBD um, will help um, period pain, but it's just, it's not as easy as that. It's really your food, your diet. It's all the balances within your internal system of your body. And CBD is a cannabinoid that 
is also found in the cannabis plants. But, and when it's found in the cannabis plants, it's called a phytocannabinoid. But we actually make our own CBD in our own body, which is called an endocannabinoid. So implementing these CBD skincare oils on my skin, it interacts with these cannabinoid receptors. And as going back to what I said before, the endocannabinoid system is all about creating homeostasis and balance amongst the internal systems of the body. And when you really dig deep and look into it, it's really heavily linked with the endocrine system. So I was just like another light bulb moment. How silly are you? You know, you've had a CBD cannabinoid business since early you know, 2000, well, early 2016, I established the business, but I'd been working and formulating at home for a long time before then. Um, So I just really started to to up my intake, Lenise, and just started to use the balm. When I wash my face in the morning, I'd put my CBD skincare oil on my face, and then I'd use my balm on my lips, and then I'd apply it on my stomach. I'd apply it on my boobs. I'd apply it on my lower back. And it got into a habit of me doing that every day and just waiting for when that period comes, keeping a diary, engaging how I felt. What is the pain level like this month? What is my thrush like? What is my blood flow and clots like? And it was really just been a a trial and error and going backwards and forwards to find out what works for me. And and I'm happy to say that I'm in a position now where um, I still get pain. I can feel it coming about a week before. I, I even get ovulation pain. I can feel what side my egg is ovulating from. I'm so in tune now with my body. Um, And it's, it's just, uh, it's just brilliant that I'm able, the difference here now in 2020 to where I was in 2017, um, worrying about how I, how I could even run a business, you know, and now I'm just, um, I'm, I'm, I'm really pleased. I mean, as I said, I get pain, but, um, but nothing, nothing like I was experiencing. Yeah. You said that you, it's a, all been all about trial and error and figuring out what works best for you. And I think that's a really message because there's no one size fits all in terms uh. of solving period problems, solving hormonal issues and, you know, cutting out meat worked really well for you. And for some women, adding in a bit of meat is really beneficial. So I love that you've said that it is trial and error. And, you know, you did like, you just wanted to make sure that what you're doing was working for you. So if you, 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 you said it's been like, it's night and day, what you're experiencing now compared to what you were experiencing in 27. So if you could go back and have a chat with the woman who was rushed to A&E with the breakthrough pain, what would you say to her? Well, I suppose the first thing I'd say to her is you're not dying because honestly, that, that day I just felt like I, there was a moment where I just, the, it was just so awful. I just didn't know what was going on. I was so worried um, and obviously being a mum and having young children. So I think the first thing I'd say to her is you're okay. You're not, you're not dying. You know, we're going to get through this. Um, and the second thing I'd say to her is to just really take some time out for yourself. I think the biggest lesson I've learned through all of this, Lenise, is that I just wasn't paying attention to myself. I was so, um, um, I was so, I was always looking after others. I was always looking into, as I said, you know, but my, looking into my dad's health or looking into my nan's health or my mum's health or my friend's health or my, or my children's health. I just saw myself as the person that just got up every day and had to get on with everything. So I think the biggest, big important message that I'd say to that, to me back in 2017 is just really take the time to look into um, your body 
and how you're feeling. Horrific period pain isn't normal, you know. Um, having full-on diarrhea for two, three days every month whilst you're bleeding isn't normal. Um, projectile vomiting every month with periods is not normal. And it did always have, it was always in the back of my head that, you know, when it started to get really bad towards the end with the diarrhea and the projectile vomiting, more right up to my, my diagnosis, um, the, the, the symptoms did get worse. I never, um, uh, oh, I've just lost my line of thought, Denise. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Birds flew past my window and I just lost, lost my line of thought. I'm so sorry. Um, but yeah, I suppose I just say that all those things are not normal and that you just need to take time and looking after yourself and tapping into what works for you. And yes, take doing trial and error. I mean, it takes time. You're not going to work out in a week how you're going to um, fix your ailments. You know, it's, I'm, I'm still learning. I'm still learning now, you know. So tell us about um, where we can find your CBD brand, Graces. If someone is listening to this, well, your story and what, how you've used um, these CBD oils and lotions how can they how can they tap into that for themselves well of course reach out to me um because as i said it's really difficult being grace's london and being a female ceo of a business i'm not of the wellness therapeutic skincare wellness business i'm not allowed to make any medicinal claims so it's really difficult for me to say go and buy my cbd skincare oil it's going to help with your period pain or period ailments that's not what I'm saying and that's I definitely want to just put that out there now but what I do want what I would say is get in contact with me because I'd be love to send you a sample to try for yourself when I noticed that the CBD skincare oils I was using them for skincare when I noticed that I started to implement them by you putting them onto my lower abdomen my lower back and putting them onto my sore breasts um, and it was really starting to help I had to reach out to women um, and find out if the same would happen to them. Um, and one of the companies that I reached out to was a company called On, that's O-H-N-E. Um, and the reason I reached out to On is because they're an organic tampon brand. And I thought, you know, I've used this CBD skincare oil and it's, it's really helped my periods, but I make these products, I formulate these products. I don't want to be seen going, try my products, it's going to help with this, you know. Um, so we got in contact with on because they create organic tampons. So who is the best person to go to that's going to have loads of women that are on their period and we'd be able to tap into that. So I just started to put the oils out to a lot of women, Lenise, and we have a feedback group here, um, in my community that I put the oils out to as well. So this wasn't just me that it was working for. I had to be sure that this was something that was actually working for others as well. And, it, and you're right, it doesn't work the same way for everybody. One thing I would definitely say is the endocannabinoid system that CBD and cannabinoids fit into is like our fingerprint. Um, it's so completely unique to us. So that will go the same for our hormones. Our hormones, the levels of everything in our bodies are all going to be incredibly different. Um, so one thing I would say is get in contact with me. I'd love to send you out a little one mil sample of oil for you to try it for in particular for your period pain. And secondly, all of our stuff and a lot of information is online at www.gracelondon.com. Um, and please feel free to just contact me. It's myself and my partner, Jason, 
um, who run the business. We called it Grace's London after our two lovely children, because the family surname is actually Grace's, is Grace. So and we have two children, so we called it Grace's, plural. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I hope that's, that's all okay. I haven't blabbed too much. But yeah, I want to put that out there um, to just get in contact with me. I'd love to send you out a sample to try. That'd be great. Your feedback means everything to me. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's such a generous offer. Um, so thank you so much for coming on the show, Shiona. Um, so if listeners want to find out more about you, they can go to your website. So it's you said it's www.gracislondon.com. That's correct. And, and Instagram. I'm quite good on there. Yeah. What is your Instagram handle? It's at gracislondon.com. Brilliant. So get in touch with Shiona to find out more about CBD. And if you want a free sample, get in touch with her for that. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, Lenise, thank you so much for having me. It's been great. For more inspiring conversations, head over to periodstorypod.com where we have so many more for you to peruse. If you want help with your menstrual or hormone health, email me on hello at eatlovemove.com to set up a free 30-minute hormone health review. If you like today's show, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Tag us, come say hi, and send in your requests for who you'd like to see on the show on Instagram and Twitter on at periodstorypod or email us at hello at periodstorypod.com. I'm Lenny's Brothers and you've been listening to Period Story. Thank you so much for listening.